الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم ان الله يامر بالعدل والاحسان وايتاء ذي القربى وينهى عن الفحشاء والمنكر والبغي يعظكم لعلكم تذكرون قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم سبعه يظلهم الله في ظله يوم لا ظل الا ظله امام عادل وشاب نشا في عباده الله عز وجل الى اخر الحديث وكما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم Sharif that was recited, part of it was recited. This hadith contains many of the essential lessons for a person to safely make the journey through this earthly life and reach the akhirat in a manner that he does not have to go via any difficulty and hardship in the akhirat. we are getting into the time when it is as we may call it the season time of amal there are many season times there is the season times of business december comes so every businessman is on a high alert to try and maximize his business maximize his profits and any businessman who is really serious about doing business or he knows what business what he is into business for and he is not lax at that time he is not idle he is planning well in advance he is trying to make sure everything is in order he has done his orders and he has got his stock in and whatever else why because the time is coming when he has to maximize his business his profits but while he does all that at the same time he takes a lot of care to make sure that whatever he earns is protected is safeguarded the very busy time it's also sometimes a very dangerous time so many a person would hire extra security he do extra things to keep the place secure or to make sure that there isn't any pilferings there isn't any theft so while on the one hand he's concerned about earning is equally concerned about looking after what he has earned if a person is not concerned about looking after what he has earned then he is not a very intelligent person because after all the effort all the hard work all the striving and whatever energies he had to put into it and the earlier was starting off in the earlier was finishing off in the late hours because of the busy time now he is working overtime after all that that he has put into it and at the end of the day he is going to see it all just fizzle out and be gone and when he sees the risk and he understands the risk and still does nothing to take care of that risk then he is not somebody that is really serious about what he is doing both things go hand in hand 
Allah gives us this lesson in the Quran Shaheed. Man ja'a bil hasanati falahu ashru amsaliha. That on the day of Qiyamah, Allah says, the one who brings along a good deed, he's done some amal in dunya, but what did he bring along? He earned it, but did he bring it along? If he brought it along, he did not let it get lost on the way, and he will get rewarded ten times the like thereof. That's the minimum. And the maximum, there's no limit to it. Wallahu yudha'ifu liman yasha. But provided he brought it along. And if he lost it on the way, then he lost it. The person earned a lot, but he was coming home, and he got hijacked, got held up, Allah Ta'ala, save us and protect us. He came home with nothing. Doesn't matter what he earned. He had a 13 check with him, or he had that cash with him, and all that he earned, extra commission. But he came home empty-handed, he came empty-handed. It's just too bad that he didn't come along with it. It's not going to benefit him now. So likewise, we are getting into this, mashallah, season time. Allah Ta'ala enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan with Aqiyah and to be able to earn the maximum in this Mubarak month. But while this is one concern and one effort we should be making to earn the maximum, it is equally important that we should be looking after what we have earned. So, what is the way of looking after what we have earned? So some of those things are dealt with in this Hadith Sharif. In this Hadith Sharif, Nabi says to us that سَبْعَةٌ يُظِلُّهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي ظِلِّهِ يَوْمَ لَا ظِلَّ إِلَّا ظِلُّ There are seven categories of people whom Allah Ta'ala will grant the shade of His Arsh, the shade of His throne on the day of Qiyamah on that day when there will be no other shade but the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala. That will be the only shade. Now, if we look into the Quran Sharif, we look into the Ahadith, it is replete with the reminders of Akhirat. And from morning till night, Nabi Islam taught us to remind ourselves of Akhirat. person has barely opened his eyes, the dua that we have been taught to recite, Alhamdulillahi ladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana. All praise is due to Allah Ta'ala who gave us life after death. Meaning that sleep was like death. Already we are reminding ourselves of death. This is a small death. I just come out of a small death. One day I won't wake up. One day I'll get into the real death. But not only that it finishes off on that reminder, Today I woke up in dunya, but one day I will, I will be resurrected one day in akhirat towards Allah Ta'ala. A person has barely opened his eyes and is reminding himself of akhirat. And when a person goes to sleep, there are so many du'as that Islam taught us, the very simple and the well-known du'a which we should be reciting, Allahumma bi ismika amutu wa ahya. Allah, in your name do I die. That small death again now, maybe I might not even wake up. And if I wake up tomorrow morning, but there would be a day when I won't wake up. And then another dua, Nabi Islam used to place his right hand, right palm under his right cheek, and then he would recite three times. 
اللہ قنی عذاب کا یوم تب عباجت اس میں کی دس دعا نبی صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم معصوم سلس اس دعا اس تعلیم پاس ریمائنڈنگ ہیلپنگ اس ٹیچنگ اس ٹو ریمائنڈ اور سیلس اللہ قنی عذاب کیا اللہ سیو می فرام یور پنشمنٹ یوم تب عبادت آن دا ڈے وین یو ریزریکٹ یور سیونس اگین دا سیم آخرت فرام دا ٹائم دا پرسن ہیز اوپن ہز آئیز اینڈ ہیز ناؤ اباؤٹ ٹو کلوز ہز آئیز اسٹارٹنگ آف دا ریمائنڈ آف آخرت فنیشنگ آف دا ریمائنڈ آف آخرت اینڈ تھرو آؤٹ دا ڈے مالکی یوم الدین ریسرچنگ ان ایوری رکات مالکی یوم الدین ماسٹر آف دا ڈے آف ججمنٹ ماسٹر آف دا ڈے آف ججمنٹ از اے ڈے آف ججمنٹ کمنگ دنیا از ون دا بی آل اینڈ آل سو دیز آمال دیٹ اللہ تعالیٰ از گیون از دیز سیزنس ٹو ایکوائر ٹو میکسمائز آن دا ون ہینڈ وی شوڈ ٹیک فل ایڈوانٹیج آف دا اپرچونیٹی اٹ از ویری فولش آف اے پرسن دیٹ اٹ از ڈسمبر ہی ہیز دیٹ بزنس اسپیس ہی ہیز آل دا اپرچونیٹی اینڈ ہی کیپس دا ڈورس کلوز اور ہی ڈزن ایون ٹیک کیئر ٹو سرو دا کسٹمرس دس پرسن ویری فولش So likewise, the Mubarak month of Ramadan comes and a person doesn't take full advantage of the Mubarak month of Ramadan, then the person hasn't realized what is the reality of dunya and how close Akhirat is. And when the eyes close, then a person will regret how I wish I had used that time correctly, how I wish I had maximized that time in the month of Ramadan. It's too late now, the time has come and gone. While we had the opportunity, we didn't do it. Allah Ta'ala has still given us life, Allah Ta'ala grant us a tawfiq of reaching the Mubarak month of Ramadan with afiyat. Allah Ta'ala give us a tawfiq of maximizing the time and getting the maximum amount of rewards for the a'mal. But that's one part of it. But the other part of it is this protecting the a'mal. And what is going to help a person to protect the a'mal? The first thing is concept of akhirat. The yaqeen and conviction in akhirat. And if this yaqeen and conviction is akhirat is weak, it's there, but it's like a distant thing. Then the conviction in akhirat to the extent that it is weak, to that extent a person would not be able to look after what he has earned. He will be very lax about it, he won't bother him. Like the little child, Sheikh Saadi Rahmatullahi says, that I was a little child and my mother had given me a ring. These are terrible, he's giving, or perhaps it was an incident. That my mother had given me one ring, diamond ring. So now this diamond ring is very valuable. But now a little child, what does he know what's a diamond ring? What's the value of it? So he says, I was walking outside with it. So there was somebody who passed by and he saw this child with this diamond ring. So what he did, now we're talking about it in our context to understand the example. In that time I don't think they had ice cream. In any case, so he went and brought along an ice cream and came. And he says to this child now that look, you take this ice cream, see what a wonderful thing I brought. You take this ice cream and give me that little drink. Now this child, he knows what the ice cream is all about. What's the value of this ring? That this ring can buy an ice cream factory. He doesn't know about that. So he bought it off that ring for that ice cream. Because he doesn't know what's the, what's the worth of this. Now why he doesn't know the worth of it? Because he's too young, he's too small, he doesn't know what the value of it is. So likewise, the person who doesn't have the yaqeen in akhirat very firmly embedded in his heart, then he doesn't even have the true value of amal. 
and he will not have the true sense of loss if those amal are lost on the way. Like that child lost that ring, he doesn't know what he lost. So likewise, this person lost his amal, he doesn't know what he lost. But when he will, that child grow up now, after now, five, ten years later, now he's understanding well. Now he sees, but when I was a little child, you had given me the drink, what I did with it? He says, well, you gave it away in exchange of one ice cream. Inna lillahi wa inna What a foolish thing I did. For one ice cream I gave away that whole drink, that valuable drink. He says, well, it's too late now. Time is gone. But at that time, he didn't have any sense of the loss. Why? Because he didn't know the value of things. The person who's yaqeen in akhirat is very weak. He won't know the value of the amal. He won't have the sense of the loss of those amal getting lost. So this is the first aspect. And this is why every instant we are being reminded of akhirat. Remember that akhirat is coming. This death is inevitable. This death is coming for sure. One person met Malakul Mauds and he made an agreement with him. Look, when you come to me, make sure you first go, you are going to give me notice. He said, very well, I will give you notice. These things happen sometimes in human form. You might have met him somewhere, recognized him. Any case, suddenly Malakul Mauds appeared before him to take him. He said, well, I had this agreement with you. He didn't give me any notice. I gave you notice. But you didn't give me any notice. I gave you many notices. I came to your neighbor's house a few weeks ago. That was one notice. Then I came to your friend's house. I took him away. That was another notice. I took that relative of yours. That was another notice. All these notices all the time you were getting. But you didn't take notice of it. You just took it as well. It happens to everybody else. I still definitely have another 50 years. So in any case, we have to strengthen this yaqeen of akhirat by looking around what's going on. How many people were around, where are they? And am I going to still live for another 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, 1 year, 1 month? No guarantee. No guarantee for tomorrow. Tomorrow is too far away. How many people slept, they didn't wake up in the morning? But those were the lucky ones and the fortunate ones who made good use of the time, they earned the akhirat, now when they went in the akhirat, they are inshallah enjoying the benefits of their efforts and whatever they put into it. Just recently some person mentioned, one Ali mentioned to me, somebody in his family or relative of his, some lady passed away, about two weeks back, two, three weeks back at the most. Lady passed away, ordinary housewife, but after she passed away, now the one son is exposing a secret of hers which she had somehow because of his insistence he had told it to her, him but she insisted that as long as I am alive you are not going to tell anybody, anybody about this so now when she finally passed away so now he is telling the other family members what he had noticed himself and finally made her acknowledge or rather to, to express it what really what is going on he used to just observe that she is forever reciting Quran Sharif and starting off in the early hours of the morning from the Hajjur time and every spare and doing all the housework as well, continuing her chores and at Maghrib time and she's laying the Dasar Khan and everything already but she's always taking away some time just before Maghrib and if 
even if whatever is going on, she's just secluding herself. And suddenly she's just disappeared out of the presence of everyone. And he followed this up for a while. Then he only asked her, well, where you go away? What do you do? Go in the room. But at that time, suddenly everything is busy. You just got everything set up, you gone. So when he insisted one day, he said, look, I'm telling you out of your insistence. But you dare, this is not something that you will ever tell anybody while I'm alive. See, see, I start off early in the morning and I recite Quran Sharif. Just around that time I'm completing my khatam. So I use that time to now make dua. From the early morning of the hour, early hours of the morning, and by the time it's coming Maghrib time or sometime in the evening, she has made one khatam of the Quran Sharif for that day, and every day this was a standard practice. So now those who knew the value of Amal, who had this realization of Akhirat, who knew what it takes, or what, it, what is the value of these things, that how it will help a person later, what is the reality of dunya and what is Akhirat. So they took this effort, they made the, like people, like we all make effort for dunya, they had this reality of Akhirat. So in any case, this is the first aspect, this consciousness of Akhirat. And when this consciousness of Akhirat, this yaqeen of Akhirat is in the heart, now a person will also make an effort to maximize the amal and also take care to make sure it doesn't get lost. He won't be doing just one part of it. He'll earn, but he'll put the security measures in place also. He'll have a good safe as well. He'll put an alarm on top of that. And he'll still have some guards. And that too will be monitored. And he'll still have something connected to his phone on top of all that. And from time to time he'll be checking now what's going on. Why? Because he's concerned about earning all this, putting in all the hard work, he mustn't get lost. Somebody mustn't just come rob me of it. The person who's got this akhirat reality, he'll do both things. He'll earn also, he'll look after it as well. In this Hadith Sharif, Hadith Salaam is saying that there are seven categories of people who will be granted the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala on that day when there will be no other shade but the shade of Allah Ta'ala Again, the first aspect that it commences with is the aspect of Akhirah. That this day of Qiyamah is coming. The reality of this day is that the sun will be barely above the heads of people and people will be almost drowning in their perspiration, somebody up to their ankles, somebody up to their knees, somebody up to their waist, somebody up to their necks, and somebody will be up to their mouths, depending on the kind of amal the person did. And yet on that day when some, many would be suffering in this manner, there would be some who would be granted the shade of the Arsh of Allah. What peace, what comfort, what tranquility. And besides, if they are have given this VIP treatment that they got the shade of the Arsh of Allah Ta'ala, then inshallah from there onwards to the VIP treatment. And if they started off on that note, inshallah from there onwards will be VIP treatment also. So the first category that Nabi Sasa mentions in this hadith and thereafter is Imamun Adilun. A just ruler. A just ruler, so somebody who is a king, somebody who is a president, is a prime minister, 
He's a ruler in some capacity. He's the head in some capacity or the other. This is not confined to the ruler of a country only. The person who is the head of his household, he's the ruler. The person who is the head of an organization, he's the head, he's the ruler now. And the person who is in any capacity having been vested with some authority over others, how does he deal with those who are under his authority? Does he deal with justice? If he deals with justice, then this is a very great thing. This is now the protection of his amal. This is the way that he will protect his earnings. And if he didn't deal with justice, then there's no in-between thing. It's either adal or it's zulm. It's either justice or it's injustice. It's not neither here nor there. If he didn't deal with justice, then it is zulm. And zulm, az-zulm zulumatun yawm al-qiyamah. That injustice Zulm, this will be a means of severe darkness on the day of Qiyamah. A person who is in darkness, he's going to fall. He doesn't know where he's walking. He's going to have to cross the bridge across Jahannam. And he's in darkness. How far is he going to walk across? Now he's in the darkness where he fall. Jahannam between, beneath. Allah Allah protect us and save us. So the person with other, with this justice and this justice in everything. Often the thought of justice only is when a person is passing some judgment. Yes? You're passing some judgment, you're making a decision between two people. It might be a decision between your children. They are fighting over something. Little children. You have to make a decision between them. That decision also must be with justice. Doesn't matter that they are now still five years old and seven years old, so now. No, even that has to be with justice. It's a different thing now, you classified one in one way, you classified the other one in another way. But if you were unfair and unjust, then that is also so. One Sahabi was sitting in the company of Rasulullah and one of his children came along. Young child, so the child came. So he, that fatherly love, he picked the child up, kissed the child, put him on his lap. Short while later, the other child came, also of a similar age, maybe one, two years difference, whatever the case might have been. Also again with that fatherly love, he picked the child up and put the child in his lap. Nabi Sallallahu said to him, that you haven't dealt with your children justly. So one child came, you picked the child, kissed the child and put the child in your lap. What about the other child? You didn't do the same. Now, this was a lesson. That look, it might have been just an oversight. It was a lesson to make the whole Ummat alert. The Sahaba Ikram were the vehicles by whom the whole Ummat was being given the lessons. That to what extent a person must be alert about this justice. And those who understood these realities, they practiced it. He had two wives. So, he was married first and after some time he had no children. So 
eventually his first wife said to him that you might as well remarry, perhaps maybe you'll have children from the second wife. In any case, Allah Ta'ala will that he didn't have children from either wife. But in any, when after he was married, so now in any case, though the first wife, she was party to this, but once in a while that would still, that natural feeling would come in, and in a way that she was, so to say now, teasing him in a way, he said, you open the doors for all your murids to get married to a second wife now. Tamir Alhamdulillah replied, no, I closed it. Not closed it in the sense that, Nauzubillah, this is not permissible. He said, I closed it because they are observing that how I go about dealing with both wives. And they have opened their eyes and seen that this is something that they perhaps cannot handle. What he referred to? He says, you are aware that how I deal with everything completely with justice. And the Hadith Sharif, it is mentioned that Nabi Sallallahu between Asr and Maghrib, he would go and visit all his wives. And then the wife whose turn it was, he would spend the night in her house. But whatever time he spent in the house of one wife, he would spend the same, meaning while visiting, he would spend the same amount of time in the next house. But Tamir Abdullah used to do the same thing. That now, if he's going to be spending, if it's this wife's turn for the night, he would go visit the other wife after Asar. But now how much of time he spent there today, if he spent, say, for example, 15 minutes, tomorrow when we turned around, he'll go with the watch in his hand. And he will be looking at that watch and timing it as soon as it's 15 minutes in the next house is out. Because of trying to uphold his justice. People would bring gifts. He had a scale because villages, they would bring some vegetables, they would bring some fruit, whatever. He would weigh it after having made portions. He would weigh it to make sure that both portions are equal. One person came one day, one simple villager, and he brought two watermelons and came. Hazrat said, what you brought two watermelons for? First he said, I brought this as a hadiyah for you. He said, very good. Jazakallah. Why did you bring two? So he said, I know you have two houses, two homes, two wives. He said, very well. Okay, two wives you brought and came. Uh, for, for both wives you brought and came. But then what if one is bigger than the other? Now he was a simple person, he spoke in his simple manner and he said, no, I know you very well. Therefore I also weighed it beforehand. I made sure I brought both of equal weight. So Hazrat then asked him, very well, mashallah, this is excellent, you brought both of equal weight. But what if one is sweet and the other is not sweet? So now this simple person, they talk their heart out, they talk whatever comes in their mind. So he says, well, that's what you want me to go inside the watermelon and see? <laughs> How you expect me to know that? So I said, very well, obviously you can't go inside the watermelon to taste that and make sure, but fine. Now we're going to have to still take care of that. He said, well, bring that scale. And then he very carefully cut one watermelon in halves and then cut the other one in halves as well. He said, okay, take one half of this one and one half of that one. 
and put it together one side. Let me show it, whatever the weight is. And again, half and half on this side. So if one is sweet and the other is not sweet, both will still get half of the sweet one and half of the one that is not sweet. Both will have the same thing. Now to this extent, if somebody sent a gift of some edible item, whatever it is, and he distributed it, if that parcel was wrapped with a piece of string, he would cut that string into two pieces, equal pieces. Put one piece of that string in one portion and the other in the other portion. Say, now take it. Why? Because this justice has to be maintained. And this is where the justice is really tested. In a person's dealings, in a person's dealings with people, in a person's monetary dealings. Once Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala he, somebody came to give testimony in his presence. There was some issue. One person came as a witness. Umar asked the person that, look, I don't know you. I don't know you, that doesn't really matter, but bring somebody who will vouch for you. That you are an upright person, that your testimony can be accepted. He brought somebody and came. He said, this person knows me. He asked the person, you know him? He said, I know him. What do you know about him? I know him to be a virtuous person. I know him to be a just person. So he then asked him that, number one, are you his neighbor? Are you his neighbor that you know all his issues, his day, his night, coming and going? Because a neighbor gets to know everything. Though nowadays, everything is changing so much nowadays, a person doesn't even know, let alone know about the neighbor, doesn't know sometimes who the neighbor is. And sometimes a person doesn't even know if there is a neighbor there or not. Sometimes you go to meet somebody, visit someone, see the first time you're meeting him in his place, who's staying next door, say, I don't know if anybody is there. I'm not sure if somebody is living there or not. High walls, and who's there, who's nobody there, nobody knows. So that was a different zamana. Every neighbor knew his neighbor, obviously. So are you his neighbor? Then no, I'm not his neighbor. Okay, fine. Did you have any dealings with him? Because monetary dealings with a person, this is a basis to judge his taqwa. He says, no, I didn't have any monetary dealings with him. Very well, did you travel with him? Because when you're traveling with a person, then his character opens out. Did you travel with him and see his good character while traveling with him? He says, no, I didn't travel with him also. He says, well, then in reality you don't know him. What you think you know about him, in reality, don't know him. He told the person, look, this person cannot vouch for you. Go bring somebody else and do. So this is where our values are tested. And this is where this justice is tested. In our dealings with people, in our dealings with our own families, how we deal with our spouses, how we deal with our children, how we deal with our neighbors, how we deal with our extended families, how we deal with people in general, do we make judgments about people based on things which are not any basis for that judgment? Because this person is so-and-so, or this person comes from so-and-so place, or this person is of that color, of that language, or this person is somebody I have no idea who he is, so I will deal with him, with him differently. If I know him, or he belongs to my family, or belongs to my company, or whatever else, then I'll deal with it differently. This is not justice. 
the basis is deen, is taqwa. On that basis, somebody will be given virtue over the other. Inna akramakum indallahi atqahum. In the court of Allah Ta'ala also, Allah Ta'ala says the one who is most noble in the court of Allah Ta'ala is the one who has the greatest amount of taqwa. That is the person who is most honored. And he will have the higher position. On any other basis, nothing. So this justice is an extremely important thing. When speaking, وَإِذَا قُلْتُمْ When you speak, be just. Be just in what you say. <coughs> How you say it. Will it be said differently to one person and differently to the next, next person? Why? If you will be very, very kind and very accommodating for one, on what basis you are harsh to the other? So, this justice is extremely important in every aspect. And this is the first category that Nabi Islam says, speaks about in the Hadith Sharif, that Imamun Adilun, the person who is just. Oh, Rahmatullah when he used to explain this Hadith Sharif, he used to take it one step further, that one is this justice upon others. But every person is the ruler over this country of himself. Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with this country of himself that Allah has given him, he is the ruler over it. He is the ruler over how he uses his eyes. Is it being used justly? Or is it being used against Allah's commands? That is the injustice. How he uses his hands, how he uses his feet, how he uses ears, his tongue, every limb and organ Allah has blessed him with. And if he uses this justly, and he is just with how he deals with this country that Allah has blessed him with, and inshallah he will also be raised among Imam, with the Imam Adilun, with the just ruler, because he's been just over this kingdom Allah gave him. So, the lesson in all this, time is already up, we'll wrap up with this, but the lesson in this is that, as we discussed at the beginning, on the one hand, this is come, we are coming into this Mubarak month, this is season time for us to maximize these rewards to earn by means of as much amal as we can do. But while that is one thing we should try to do as much as we can, at the same time we have to take care to look after it. The one who will come along with a good deed, Allah says, for him is ten times the life thereof. But provided he comes with it, he must bring it along. He lost it on the way and he lost it. Allah give all of us a tawfiq. Allah bless us with all these aspects of good akhlaq. Justice is one of these things. There are many, many aspects of good character, good akhlaq. Allah bless us with all the akhlaq the hamida. Allah cleanse us and purify us from all the things that are part of the akhlaq zamima, the evil qualities. Allah cleanse us from all these things and purify us, take us among his true servants, keep us with iman. Take us with Iman and raise us on the day of Qiyamah with Iman.